0: everybody, how's it going tonight? Have you had a better day than I have? I certainly hope so. Today was not a great day. But that being said, we don't care about my day, we care about your day. And your day involves what is going on at the website, because I said so. Welcome to this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. Last week you probably noticed that there wasn't much of a show that's because that was our little tribute to David Bowie. Um, Just some, yeah. I think it was pretty fine. We are not going to be doing one to Glenn Frey of the Eagles, because the Eagles were incredibly overrated. We are not going to be doing a tribute to Celine Dion's husband, because why? We are not going to be doing a tribute to Celine Dion's brother, because why? We are not going to be doing a tribute to Celine Dion, because why? Um, We could do a tribute to Alan Rickman, uh, but since he never really had much of a music career, there's not a lot of his songs that I can find, uh, that are chip and then put in the podcast. So, um, I'm just going to tell you after this is over, go and look up, um, Alan Rickman drinking tea. i has to say you're welcome for that over at the website since it's been a long time since we talked about this. We've got so much new stuff. Like, we've put a hold on adding new stuff. There is so much new stuff. Because if we put any more new stuff, there would, the page would go on forever. It would fill the internet completely. We have Of Orcs and Men from Scarlet. I don't know if we mentioned the um, finale of Drunk Lester the Unlikely from Scarlet. Scarlet's got some Mega Man X2 that I've been helping him through. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Final Fantasy Adventure, Krull from me... Catacombs of Zooks, uh Ninja Turtles back from the sewer, Rockman 4, Burst Chaser and Air Sliding from Jade, Wolfenstein 3D from Scarlet, Orcs Must Die 2 from Me and Scarlet, Pokemon, Crystal from Scarlet and Jade, Dead Space 3 from Scarlet, Chaos Legion from Scarlet. Scarlet does a lot. He doesn't have much of a life outside of video games. I thought I was bad, but you listen to how many of these things he's added. An epic. Ooh, Scarlet's featured in that stuff. Borderlands 2 is a Scarlet thing. Tactics Ogre. Knight of Lotus from me. Heroes of Might and Magic 3 from Ragnats. And Dragon's Lair, also from Ragnats. Dragon's Lair being his um, entry for the monthly. Jade has got his up. I think it's in the forums right now. And Jade has done Pac-Man. Uh, the Atari 2600 version of Pac-Man, which I actually had one of. Which uh, was I always kind of liked it. Miss Pac-Man was better, but you know. Also, over in the forums, Mephisto. I think he like. I think this man might be smart, and and I say this because he put up earlier one of the most interesting posts I've ever read on the internet about video games. I'm going mean, to give you the rundown. You're going to have to go to the forums to, to check this out because um, there's so much here. So here's how it goes. I'm just going to read the first paragraph and then I'll let you guys go on from there. Recently, I felt the urge to play EVO again for the SNES. Then I thought back, nostalgically, to the glory days of the publisher of the game, Enix. Many people say Squaresoft ruled the RPG landscape back in the days, which I can totally understand, and to a point, and even agree. However, for me, Enix was the company that I cherished the most. When you think of Enix, you think of amazing games like Dragon Quest, EVO, Brain Lord, Actraiser, the Soulblader Trilogy, and Ogre Battle. After doing some digging around, I realized something I had never noticed before about them. They have never internally developed a video game. See the following list of notable SNES games they published. And he's got this really great list on here and then gives examples. Um, a lot of the games that we all know were developed by other companies and then published by Enix. Like Quintet uh, did a lot of games. Almanac, Produce, Copia System, um, Quest, Chunsoft, Heartbeat, Triace, um, Lots and lots and lots of things. And I'm actually going to read another little tiny bit here, because this is actually kind of relevant. Mephisto requested a game for me uh, that was um, Mystical Ninja 64. And I found it, had to emulate it. didn't work super great, but it worked well enough that I figured I could stumble through it. Um, But then, control issues, because it's an N64 game and I'm trying to play it on a computer and, you know, buttons... Um, So he gave me another couple of options, and I picked a game that I'd never played before that was published by Enix called Burning Heroes, and I'm going to read you what he found about Burning Heroes, because this was really, really interesting, and he actually says this might be the most interesting story of all. Here it goes. Burning Heroes was created by a company called J-Force. J-Force was a game development studio established in 1990 by Masahiro Akashino who was a director for another development team called Wolf Team. Side note, I believe Wolf Team did some Sega, like, quick-timey arcade games. I was going to look it up that I forgot to, but I'm fairly certain I've seen Wolf Team's name on some of those really weird press-left, press-right, you know, kind of games. Anyway, they worked on three other games total in addition to Burning Heroes, which Enix published, with one of these being the cult classic strategy game Dragon Force. J-Force had a lot of financial problems and development delays due, uh, due of taking too many projects simultaneously. During the development of Dragon Force in late 1994, Akashino went missing mysteriously, and the company subsequently fell into bankruptcy. Dragon Force was completed in-house at Sega, and most of the J-Force team joined Idea Factory afterwards. Akashino's whereabouts remain unknown to this day. Wolf Team, Akashino's original company, were actually the group behind starting the Tales Of series. How cool is that? That is super cool. I'm very... I think that is really cool myself. I don't know if you think that is cool, but I think it's cool. Anyway, go check out the post. It's in the forums. Um, Illusion of Enix, it's called. Really, really interesting stuff. Anyway, this intro has gone on very long, so I'm going to stop it now. totally forgot, like, two weeks ago to pull something from the archives, and then I totally forgot again um, to pull something else last week. I didn't forget, but we weren't gonna, you know, we we weren't gonna do it. And I don't even know where we are. So, while I'm looking this up, because I'm bad. I'm good at video games. I'm bad at podcasts. So, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, not that one. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. Don't worry. We're cool. We're cool. Last time, oh, this was forever ago, we looked at Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest, which means today we are going to look at Castlevainal Fool Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest revamped this is for the good old pc it's an action adventure game from metroid quest studios released in 2011. is that even right wow that was a long time ago metroid quest as some of you may or may not know is the mind behind final fantasy 6 the eternal crystals with some help from yours truly not to pat myself on the back too hard but what we have here is we have a 16-fied bit Castlevania II. Um, new equipment, new things, how the equipment works in new ways slightly, uh, new music, new sprites, better sprites, better graphics, um, a better map system, tons of secrets, and overall just, I think, a really good reworking of Castlevania 2. Again, normally a lot of you will say, but Jason, you hate remakes and reboots. Well, if it changes things that don't need to be changed, yeah. If you put a map in Chrono Trigger and then add cutscenes that attempt to retcon things, then yeah, there's a problem. If you put a map in Castlevania 2, I don't have a problem with that. Because Castlevania 2, you really, unless you've played the game a bunch, you kind of need to know where you are and where you're going. Um, So yeah, it was kind of a thing. Anyway. It's a very fun game, it's a very short playlist, six episodes, Um, I'm going to try and track down a download link because I'm looking and I don't see one. So I will try and find one and put it up in the forums, you might check back or email me or something just to make sure I've taken care of that because I may have forgotten. I'm old and sometimes I get tired and forget where I am. It's like it wasn't here, and then it was, and then it wasn't, but now it really is. It's the news, the weird news. Let's uh, let's go. Our lead story: the new grade inflation, ladies and gentlemen. They are simply spas designed to attract teenagers, according to one university official, plush, state-of-the-art training complexes built by universities in the richest athletic conferences to entice elite 17-year-old athletes to come and play for, and perhaps study at, their schools. The athletes-only mini-campuses include private housing and entertainment like theaters, laser tag, and miniature golf, but actually the schools are in a $772 1000000 million, plus, million dollar plus arms race. According to a December Washington Post investigation, because soon after one school's sumptuous groundbreaking facility opens, some other school's more innovative facility renders it basically second rate. And of course, as one university official put it, the quote, shiny objects have nothing soever to do with the mission of a university. Donors and alumni provide much of the funding, but most schools by now also tap students' athletic fees. 17. 772 million dollars. Come play volleyball, and we will give you a laser tag arena. Public education viewers, there's something to be said. Police, uh, redneck chronicles. By the way, redneck Steve knows his rights. Police in Monticello, Monticello, Kentucky, charged Rodney Brown, 25, with stealing farm animals and equipment from a home in December, but offering to return everything if the victim. A man had sex with him. Brown allegedly took 25 roosters, a goat, and some rooster pens and other rooster care equipment. Because Brown also supposedly said he'd beat the man if he called the police. A terroristic threatening count was added to promoting prostitution. Made in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. Continuing Redneck Chronicles. William Cornelius, 25, and his fiancée, Sherry Moore, 20, were arrested at the Bay City, Michigan Mall in January. Charged with theft, police found a pair of earrings and a necklace swipe from Spencer Gifts on her, but she refused to snitch on Cornelius, who had minutes earlier proposed to her via a Walmart loudspeaker and given her a ring. to applause from onlooking shoppers as she accepted. Cornelius, holding $80.93 worth of goods, a watch, an edible thong, a vibrator, and BJ Blast oral sex candy, was apprehended at the mall food court, having apparently, according to the police, fallen asleep at a table while tying his shoe. They'll never see me if I look sleepy. Our latest religious messages. Ladies and gentlemen, part one, Islam Rising. A geography class at Riverheads High School in Augusta County, Virginia, alarmed some parents in December when students were assigned to copy an Arabic script to experience its artistic complexity. However, the phrase the teacher presented for copying was, uh, shahada, there is no God but Allah. District officials called that just a coincidence, that the phrase was presented only for calligraphy and never translated. And part two, a Washington state uncle complained the uncle of Washington State, wow, well, complained in December that a Wolval toy airplane he bought for his nephew on Amazon.com instead of making engine noises recited spoken words, which a Watcom County Islamic Society spokesman said was actually a prayer that Hajj pilgrims speak when they journey to Mecca. Wolval, Wolval said it would investigate. And, part three, wait, wait, NPR's Morning Edition, reporting on the violent tornadoes that hit North Texas uh the night after Christmas, interviewed one woman who said she was luckier than her neighbors because of her faith. She was entertaining ten relatives when she heard the train-like sound of the winds approaching and took everyone outside to confront the storm. We started commanding the winds because God had given us authority over airways. And we just began to command the storm not to hit our area. We spoke to the storm and said, go to unpopulated places. It did exactly what we said to do, because God gave us the authority to do that. If you have not ever listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, um, you really need to, because it's really great. Anyway, weird science. This is our next chapter. The most promising current concussion prevention research comes from a study of woodpeckers. According to a December Business Week report, because who better to study woodpeckers and concussions than Business Week? Scientists hypothesize that the birds' apparent immunity from the dangers of constant head summing is because their neck veins naturally compress, forcing more blood into their craniums, thus limiting the dangerous jiggle room in which brains bang against the skull. A team led by a real-life doctor portrayed in the movie Concussion is working on a neck collar to slightly pinch the human jugular vein to create a similar effect. technical term viewers jiggle room researchers from the university of york and the university of st andrews wrote in the journal biology letters in december that they observed wild male male excuse me parrots using pebbles in their mouths to help grind seashells into powder and hypothesized that the purpose was to free up the shell's calcium in vomitable form so they could pass it to females before mating to help improve their offspring's health outcomes before you mate drink your milk The continuing. Yeah, I know. I know what I said. Shut up. The continuing crisis. National pride. Factory worker Thanacorn Sirapaboon was arrested in December in a Bangkok suburb after he wrote a sarcastic comment on social media about the dog that belongs to Thailand's king. For the crime of insulting the monarch, Thanacorn faces Thanacorn, faces 37 years in prison. Wow. Uh, Michael McFeet spelled F-E-A-T. A A Scottish man working on a contract for a mining company in Kyrgyzstan was arrested in January after he, on Facebook, jokingly called the country's national dish horse penis. Chuck is indeed a sausage made from horse meat. The crime he was charged with carries a five-year prison term. Look, you need it. Just don't talk about it. Leading Economic Indicators The government of the Netherlands, seeking to boost the economy while simultaneously improving highway skills, enacted legislation in December to allow driving instructors to be paid in sexual services, provided that the student is at least 18 years old. Though prostitution is legal, the transport minister cautioned that the initiative for the new arrangement must be with the instructor so that the county gains better trained drivers as a result. You know what? What's it going to hurt, right? It's going to get you to driver's ed class in the Netherlands. Anyway, great moments in leadership, ladies and gentlemen. In November, the president of oh, Mauritania, Mohamed Ould Abdel Aziz, in the stands but bored with his country's Super Cup soccer final that had been tied for one to one for a long stretch, ordered officials on the field to stop play abruptly and proceed to a game-ending ten-kick shootout. Uh, the Tevragazinia team won. I don't know what any of that means. George Servin, Paraguay's head of indigenous affairs, was fired in November after he apparently kneed an indigenous woman in the stomach as she protested her people's treatment by the government. Oh, all the names. There's so many hyphens. The head of Croatia's Human Rights Committee, Ivan Zvonimir Sika, posing alongside President Kolinda. Grabar Kitrovic, to commemorate International Human Rights Day in December, had his pants inexplicably come loose and fall to his ankles. Great job. Let's move on quickly before more European names are thrown at my face. Our least competent criminals of the week. Most recent net cash cash loss in a theft. The manager of the Nando's Rikatan restaurant in Christchurch, New Zealand, is pretty sure that he knows who swiped the contents of the store's tip jar that December evening, based on the surveillance video, but the man denied the theft and walked out. The manager told police that there was less than $10 in the jar, but also that the man had paid his $14.90 tab for food, yet hurried off without eating it. Recurring themes, ladies and gentlemen. Approaching maximum capacity. Watch out. The Smoking Gun website suggested in December that the Fairbanks, Alaska counterfeiting arrest of Chelsea Sperry, 31, might have set a women's record for orifice-concealed contraband. Ooh. Her vaginal inventory... I'm going to say that again. Her vaginal inventory... Included 16 counterfeit bills with a face value of $890, one genuine $10 bill in a different orifice, two baggies of meth, another containing seven, empty, seven morphine pills, two baggies of heroin, and 40 empty baggies, apparently anticipating further sales. Although it was not reported why the empty baggies in the $10 bill were not stored openly, for example, in her pocket. Vaginal inventory. Vaginal Inventory. And here's our classic London Fashion Week. Usually brings forth a shock or two from cutting-edge designers, but a September 2011 creation by Rachel Ferry might have raised the bar. The floor-length dress made from 3,000 cow nipples designed to resemble roses. Initial disgust for the garment centered on implied animal abuse, but Ferrer deflected the issue by pointing out that the nipples had been discarded by a tannery, and that her use amounted to recycling. Ferreri, 32, distracted by the animal abuse angle, was spared having to explain the other issue, why anyone would want to wear a dress made with cow nipples. Cow nipples... Not as great as vaginal inventory. And did you realize we went through this whole News of the Weird and didn't mention Florida once? I am disappointed in you, Florida. No cow nipple dresses for you. over to get the review and i see the post uh, the poll on game facts and it says what do you miss most about classic video games here are your options big detailed instruction manuals with tons of story and explanations entering your initials for everybody to see after getting a high score no boring tutorials just read the manual or jump in and start playing paying once for the entire game no pay to win microtransactions or on a or on disc dlc or i don't miss any of that games are better today than they've ever been there needs to be an all of the above, you know, like, or A through D, because pretty much all of those is what I miss. I'm actually going to pick that one. I'm not going to tell you which. But uh, it's apparently the most um, most voted, uh, 14,000 people, 60%, uh, 5% said games are better today than they've ever been. Those five people are under 17 years old. Um, not even 1% said entering your initials who cares, man? Who cares? Um. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, one of them things, really. That you know, unless you grew up with the games, I don't think you get it. Um. Yeah, great. Thanks, thanks, Game Facts. I love that your site breaks on me constantly. Um, as an example, I was talking the other day with Randy about Barnyard Blast, Swine of the Night. And kind of explaining what it goes on and what the game's about. And, um, you know, got to explain the term Nintendo hard. And, yeah, it's one of those things. Nintendo hard is a, is a thing. And if if you didn't play it, you don't know it. You know what I mean? It's You had to play a Nintendo game to know what Nintendo hard meant. So, anyway. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking. We got a five star there. We got a bunch of threes. Oh my god! Zylo the Wolf. Do you guys remember Zylo the Wolf? He's, we're, I don't even care. We're Zylo the Wolf. Zylo the Wolf. And, and this, this review is a little nod to Jade. Jade Ferro. Jadi Ferro. I thought it was impossible to screw up Pac-Man, but this is one of the worst games I have played. A Pac-Man review by Xylo the Wolf. This is for the Atari 2600 version, which is the one Jade picked for his monthly. Xylo begins. Everyone knows who Pac-Man is. It's the yellow circle dude that looks like a cake when one slice has been removed and eats pills to get points. Since the arcade game was so addicting, the game was considered to be the best arcade game when it was released, and it's still an popular game even today. In the early 80s, Atari 2600 was the most popular home system for games, so a home version of Pac-Man would have been great since the people didn't have to pay every time they wanted to play Pac-Man. Pac-Man for Atari 2600 should have been a great game. The whole point of Pac-Man hasn't changed at all from the arcade version. You are still Pac-Man, trapped in a maze where you have to eat to survive. To get to another maze, which looks exactly the same, Pac-Man has to eat all the small pills. Just like in the arcade version, there are four ghosts who don't want Pac-Man to eat any pills at all, and if any of them bumps into Pac-Man, the player loses one life. But it's possible to fight back against the ghosts by eating the big pills that are on the stage. Then Pac-Man will be able to eat the ghosts as well, and and that will keep the ghosts busy for a while. You would think that it was impossible to make something like Pac-Man bad. But Atari, yeah it wasn't even Namco that ported this game, decided that they should change a few things on their version. First of all, the graphic is really horrible in this version. Pac-Man doesn't eat round pills in this game, he eats lines instead. It's also really hard to tell if you still have the power to eat ghosts since the ghosts are always flashing all the time. This gets really frustrating after a while. And to top it, and to top it all, the fruits that could give you bonus points in the ar- game, game, arcade game version excuse me, now look like someone have stepped on them. Sure, that might just be small, but do you remember the simple maze an arcade? Ver- the arcade version had? Well, Atari was so smart that they decided to create a different maze that- than what the arcade version had. This one is a lot more complicated, and it's much easier to get stuck between two ghosts. Except sometimes when the ghosts move away from Pac-Man instead, even when he hasn't recently eaten a big pill. I was amazed when I played this game at how Atari have managed to ruin Pac-Man. It's really strange how they managed to take a really awesome game and turned it into- turned it to total crap. Words cannot describe how awful this game is. I bet this game taught Namco a lesson, and that they will never... And that... Excuse me. What I want to say, because that is correct, is not what he has written. I bet this game taught Namco a lesson, and that they will ever again let someone touch Pac-Man without test-playing the game first. Reviewers rating, half a heart, 0.5, unplayable. I thought that it was impossible to screw up Pac-Man, but this is one of the worst games I have played. A Pac-Man for the Atari 2600 review by Xylo the Wolf. And you know what? Of all the Xylo stuff I've read, I think this might be one of the best written. So everyone knows who Pac-Man is. Yes. Yellow circle dude. Looks like a cake since the arcade. This is just like... It, it kind of flows like a like sixth grade book report. What I did on my summer vacation was Pac-Man for Atari 2600 should have been a great game. I believe Pac-Man for Atari 2600 should have been a great game. The reason I believe Pac-Man for Atari 2600 should have been a great game is that it was Pac-Man. And Pac-Man is a great game. Pac-Man looks like a cake. He eats pills. There are ghosts. I believe that Pac-Man eats pills and eats ghosts because ghosts are bad. I really don't. Um, since the he also has capitalized arcade every time it shows up in here, and occasionally Virgin gets uh, capitalized, but not all the time. Only about half the time. It's that inconsistency when it comes to being bad at, at typing. You know that that really bothers me. If you're gonna be bad, be consistently bad. Ah, uh, the do, do, do game was considered to be the best arcade game when it was released, and it's still an popular game even today. I do love me some Atari Pac-Man on the or Namco Pac-Man on the old arcade systems. Oh, I know what he means, but still, you gotta be a little, be a little specific, man. Early 80s, Atari 2600 was the most popular home system for games. I wonder why that was. So a home version of Pac-Man would have been great, since the people didn't have to pay every time they wanted to play Pac-Man. That's true. You paid for it one time. Pac-Man for Atari 2600 should have been a great game. Also, it's it's never just like Pac or PM. It's always Pac-Man. 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 The whole point of Pac-Man hasn't changed at all. You are still Pac-Man, trapped in a maze where you have to eat to survive. I think that would kind of lend itself to that if you didn't eat or didn't eat fast enough, you would die. Which I don't believe is true. To get to another maze you have to eat all the small pills. Makes sense for ghosts who don't want Pac Man to eat any pills. I remember that was the thing. The ghosts are like, guys, this Pac Man is eating is out of control. We have got to do something. We need to stop him from eating all these pills. He has got problems. Pac Man is an intervention. Where you play as the person who needs the intervention. Who knew? Xylo the wolf knew he knew before any of us. When did he post this? Two thousand seven He knew nine years ago. He knew. You know, i I ain't even gonna finish this this one. Um this is one of the few where it's just I think it's just best to let it be. He's not wrong. He's not right. I mean, half a heart for this Pac-Man, really, is a little... It's a little harsh. It still plays fine. It's not unplayable. You want to play good Pac-Man. I know Jade likes Junior Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. That was my game. I played Miss Pac-Man long enough for the levels to loop. And I had this, too. I had Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man for the Atari. It's uh, it's good. Yeah. That's it, everybody. I'm gonna put this one to bed, and then I'm gonna probably put me to bed because I'm old and I'm tired and I've had a long day. And uh, sometimes you just gotta scratch your head. Oh, man, that's a good feeling. You know what? Music from today's episode um, is gonna be from quick don't let them know I'm looking at games to pick music from Kid Icarus just because because I like Kid Icarus I I didn't even look at it I just knew I knew it was going to be Kid Icarus all along I was just seeing if you knew anyway uh, thanks for joining me and um, see you next time